This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. Be focusing on words from Romans chapter 3. And this will, this will be the focus for this sermon. And we're going to continue in this sermon series through the letter to the Romans. And, and this is what Paul says. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of our sin. But now... Apart from the law, a righteousness of God has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord God, I ask that that you would speak to our hearts through your word. May, May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. Lord God, help us to to hear this word and to let it change our lives. Let it lift up our spirits. Let us have peace even in the middle of this pandemic. And don't let anything I'm doing become a stumbling block. Don't let anything I'm doing get in the way of the furthering of your kingdom. In your name we pray. Amen. I don't know about you, but all of this bad news is exhausting. Sometimes it actually feels suffocating. There's bad news about the pandemic. I mean, just click on the the different maps and you can see the, the, the death numbers of how many people have died because of the pandemic. All this bad news. Bad news about the economy. You know, if you, you or someone you know has probably lost their job or cut back their hours or had to give up their, their business. And and so bad news everywhere. Bad news. Politically, I just flip on your TV and you see the politicians barking at each other like angry dogs. Bad news everywhere. And because of all this bad news, more and more people are turning to religion and, and spiritual practices. And, and that's different than, than the trends that we were seeing before. For the past two decades or so, there has been this, this trend away from religion, especially any kind of organized religion. But, but now in the facing all these, these things that are, are too big for us, that all these pan, the pandemic and all these problems and crises, people are turning back to religion. But will any religion do? Is it just important that you find some spiritual practice? Are all spiritual practices basically the same? That's kind of what we're going to be focusing on today. We're, we're continuing, continuing a sermon series called Who Told You That? And the whole point of this sermon series is to acknowledge that that we are constantly being um, discipled, being taught. We're getting all sorts of information all the time uh, through our phones. 
We're, we're always getting information from social media, from Twitter, from everywhere. We're getting information. And all this information is affecting how we think. And one of the ideas that we might have absorbed and internalized is, is this idea that all religions are basically the same. And so in this sermon series, we want to challenge that question and, and get underneath that question and see if that question is actually true. Are all religions basically the same? That's the question we want to answer today. Now to begin answering that question, I want to talk about a guy named Ravi Zacharias. He's a, a Christian philosopher, speaker, leader. And, and Ravi Zacharias has this great way of explaining this whole idea. He says, you know, people usually believe or think that all religions are, are superficially different, but fundamentally the same. People have this assumption that, that they're superficially different. You know, we have different names for a God, different scriptures, different prayers, uh, different names, they're superficially different, but people assume, you know, they're all fundamentally the same. You know, maybe this idea that we're all going up to the same mountain. We're all trying to climb to the same God. We're just taking our own route. But Ravi Zechariah says it's actually the opposite. All religions and spiritual practices are, are superficially similar. They all have scriptures and temples and prayers and go to some God. They're superficially similar similar, but when you scratch under the surface, they're actually fundamentally different. Religions and different spiritual practices are fundamentally different. Now, I don't have a time to walk through every different spiritual practice or everything that, that you could be experiencing or experimenting with. I don't have time to, to talk about all the differences, but maybe I could at least explain it this way. Pretty much every spiritual practice that you could think of Every world religion that you could come up with can fall into the category of good advice. Good advice about how to treat one another. Good advice about meditation and prayer and breathing techniques and, 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 and how we should talk to God and how we should interact with one another. Almost every religion has some aspect of good advice. But there's only one religion that's all about good news. And that's what makes Christianity different. It's all about good news. And so when we want to go back into the letter of Romans, I'll go to the letter of Paul that, that Pastor Bill began last week talking about. And, and Paul at one time thought Christianity was all wrong. He didn't think Christianity was just one religion among the many. Paul at one time thought Christianity was the enemy, that it was the problem and, and he set out to eradicate Christianity. But then he encountered the resurrected Jesus. He met Jesus and he recognized that what Jesus was offering was something totally different than anything else that he's ever seen. A message of good news. And so he became a missionary and started churches all over the world. And then he would write letters to them. And, and that's what we have in the New Testament. 13 of his letters make up 13 of the 27 books of the New Testament. And usually he would write these letters with churches or people he already had relationships with. But when he wrote the letter to the Romans, that was the one letter that he wrote in, in our Bible that he didn't have a relationship with. There was already churches started in Rome. He hadn't started those churches. He hadn't been to Rome to meet those people yet. And he's writing this letter to kind of establish a relationship with them. He's writing a letter to also explain to them the fundamentals of the faith. 
So that's what we're going to go through. And in this letter, he begins in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, and he explains what, what Christianity is all about. He says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel. We sang about the gospel already today. The gospel is a word that means good news. That's the Greek word. Gospel means good news. So I'm not ashamed of the good news because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first for the Jew, then to the Gentile. So he says, I'm not ashamed to tell you about Christianity because it is the one religion that's all about good news. All about good news of salvation. He says, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. What does that mean? Well, what he's reminding us is, is that Christianity is ultimately a story. The Bible is a story. And God first uh, partnered, worked with the Jews to bring a Jewish man into the world named Jesus to rescue the Gentile world, the whole world. And, and he explains what this good news is ultimately about in the next verse. Verse 17, he says, For in the gospel, the, in this good news, the righteousness of God is revealed. A righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Now, that word righteous is, is a word that we're probably not too familiar with. We don't talk about righteous very often, but all that word means is to be right. And so Paul says um, the message of this good news is about all, all about how we get right. Right with God and right with people. And that's actually something we fundamentally, desperately are always working for. Uh, there's a, a writer named David Zoll in his book, Seculosity. He says, we're always trying to gain our enoughness. We're always trying to be right. We're always trying to be enough. We're always trying to justify ourselves. And this pandemic has proved that more than anything. You know, I think when we started this pandemic, we had this kind of idea, hey, we're all in this together. And then now as time has gone on, we've become more divided as a nation. And, and maybe, you know, for some of those things, you know, that's good. We're, we're all trying to pursue the truth. The, the problem is, is that we're not always just trying to pursue, uh, pursue the truth. Very often we're using this pandemic to show that we're right because other people are wrong. I'm right, I wear a mask. Not like those other people don't care about people, right? Or I'm right, I don't wear a mask. I'm not giving in to fear like other people. I'm right, I voted for this guy and not that other guy. I'm right, I didn't vote for that. You know, we're always trying to prove I'm right because the other person is wrong. And, and, and so deep down, we have this desire to be right, this is what we, we desire. We want to be right. And Jesus explained this in a parable. I read this to you earlier, but I want to read it to you again on, on why trying to prove that we're right by looking down on everybody else doesn't work. Luke 18, to some who were confident in their own righteousness, that they were right, and looked down on everybody else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector, a religious person. Uh, the, the Pharisee, that religious person, stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like that tax collector over there. I fast twice a week. 
and I give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified, righteous, right before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So what Jesus is saying here is he's saying, If you want to be right by looking down on other people, that's not going to work. You know, that's okay if we want to pursue the truth. Whatever is the best thing medically or politically or economically, that's one thing. But when we use those things to exalt ourselves, to be righteous and right and look down on everybody else, that's not going to work. That's not going to work for a whole mess of different reasons. And and Paul talks about that in Romans chapter 3. In Romans chapter 3, verse 19, Paul says it this way. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, uh, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. So Paul here, the people under the law, these people who are under the law, he's talking about the Jews. The Jews were under the law that God, um, in the Old Testament, he rescued the nation of Israel out of Egyptian slavery. And they went up to Mount Sinai and God made this covenant with them on Mount Sinai. And, and God made this, this covenant with them and, and, and they had this law that Moses gave them. It was this partnership There was this contract that that the nation of Israel was to keep up their end of the law and God would keep up his end of the contract and God was going to use them to bring the Savior into the world. So he had made this covenant about what they should eat and what they should wear and these ceremonial laws and sacrificial laws and these moral laws, but but they couldn't keep the law. In fact, they, they broke the first law. They broke the first of God's commandments when they worshiped the golden calf even before Moses made it down the mountain. And so that's why Paul says, now we know that whatever the law says, it says those under the law so that every mouth may be silenced and held accountable to God. When the Jews looked at the law of God, they shut their mouth. They shut their mouth. They had nothing left to say. They couldn't look down on anybody else. Now we aren't living in the wilderness in the Old Testament uh, 3,000 years ago. We're, we're not up on Mount Sinai. God is not making that same contract with us and binding us to these ceremonial or sacrificial laws. But we don't even need that. I, I want you to imagine this. What if, what if Google was listening to everything that you said? Which I think they are, right? What if Google was listening to everything you said and then every time you made a value judgment, it recorded it? Every time you said something about somebody else and made a value judgment about those bad people or those other people who did that, and then, and then Google wrote it all down, put it on a document for you, and that became your own Ten Commandments. All the value judgments that you make about other people. Let me ask you, could you live under the Ten Commandments that you've invented for yourself? Could you even be righteous according to the laws that you have spoken about towards other people? No. And so what Paul says here is is true about us. When we actually look at at the law, we shut our mouths. We shut our mouths. We're no longer going to say, look at me. I'm not like those other people and look down on everybody else. And so in verse 20, this is what he says. Romans 1 verse 20 says this. Therefore, 
No one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of sin. When we actually look at the laws, whether it's God's law or our own man-made laws, or we become conscious of sin. That's the bad news. Now, maybe you're thinking, hey, pastor, I thought this was about good news. Why do you keep telling me all the bad news? Well, you need to know the bad news about the reality of our condition before you can really hear the good news of God, the, the unique good news of Christianity. Because Paul goes on now. He says, verse 21, but now, apart from the law, whatever law, Google's law, your law, God's law, whatever law, apart from the laws, the righteousness of God has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. The law and the prophets is just another way of saying the Old Testament, the books of Moses and the prophets. So even Moses and all the Old Testament, they talked about another way to get right with God, another way to be right. There's another way to be right where you don't have to exalt yourself and look down on everybody else. There's another way to get right without stomping on other people. There's another way to be right without being self-righteous. What is this other way to get right? The next verse, he says, this righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. This righteousness is a gift in Jesus Christ. That's what makes Christianity different than every other spirituality, every other spiritual practice, every other meditative practice, every other world religion, everything out there. There's no other game in town like this. For example, you could take out some of the main prophets or characters in every other religion and still keep the religion intact. For example, you could take out the prophet Muhammad and you could still have Islam. You could still have the seven pillars of the Islamic faith about fasting and praying and, and, and following Allah. You could take out Buddha and still have Buddhism, the practices of, of Buddha, the, the practices of meditation and, and extinguishing desire. Because every other religion, every other spiritual practice is about good advice. So you could take out the main character and you could still have the good advice. But you can't have Christianity without Christ. Because Christianity is ultimately a story about Jesus. About a hero that came to rescue us. And why do we need somebody else to make us right? Why do we need somebody to rescue us? Because Paul goes on to explain it. He says in, in the next second half of verse 22, there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. We've already looked at this. When we really look at our own value judgments, we're not any better than that person on the other side of every other issue. Uh, not before God, at least. Not before God. We haven't kept up even our own values. We haven't even lived under our own values, let alone God's values. We're all falling short. Jews or Gentiles, no matter what your race, no matter what your age, no matter what your religion, no matter what your politics, all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. And so the only way to get right with God is through 
Jesus Christ, who's made us right free, freely. He says, by grace through redemption. Redemption is a word that means you're bought out of slavery. Today we sing we're no longer slaves because Jesus has bought us out of slavery. He's bought us out of the slavery of sin. How did he do that? The next verse, he explains, verse 25. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. Jesus poured out his blood to pay for your sin, to pay for your freedom, so you are no longer enslaved by guilt and shame. And so all those things that keep you up at night, all that guilt, all that shame, all the things that, that you're trying to prove that you're right by looking down on other people, you say, well, at least I haven't done this. You don't have to do that anymore. You have nothing to prove anymore because you have made, been made right with God through the blood of Jesus Christ. When he died on the cross and rose again, you are forgiven. And so that leads us to, to our main point. Number one, you are enough. You are enough. You are enough before God. You have nothing to prove anymore. You're already made right with God. You don't have to prove anything. You don't have to step on anybody. You don't have to look down anybody because you're already enough in Jesus. You are enough. You are right. You're forgiven. You're loved. You're accepted. You're enough. This pandemic has exposed all sorts of issues. We have all sorts of things that are going. We have a, we have a health crisis going on right now in our world. We have an economic crisis going on in our world. We have a political crisis going on in our country. But behind each crisis is a spiritual issue. That's why it's really a crisis. The reason we're so scared about this health crisis is because the reality is, is some people are going to die and, and we're afraid to die because we know that, that by nature we sin. We don't know what's going to happen to me after I die. Well, you've been made right with God and so you don't have to worry about death. You're welcome into God's presence. And on the last day, he's going to resurrect your body. You don't have to be afraid to die. Our economic crisis, we wonder, you know, um, is, the God, is God punishing me? Is he going to give me my daily bread? Or, or is God angry with me? As I look at my bank account, it's dwindling. And I, maybe I lost my job or my business. Well, you've been made right with God. He's not angry with you. He's not punishing you. And he's going to give you your daily bread. As we look at the political crisis and all the different people who are, are jarring and jawing back and forth, we wonder, you know, is God really in charge? Or is he just have, uh, done with us? Or is he really the king of kings? Well, he really is in control. Jesus sits on high and he's going to work all things out, even the things that are going on politically for the good of you and his church because you've been made right with God. That's good news. That's good news. And man, we need some good news right now. We're, we're desperate for good news. We're, we're desperate for good news. Uh, some people have picked up on this. I don't know if you've watched this uh, YouTube channel or not, but, but uh, one of the main actors from that sitcom, The Office, John Krasinski, uh, when this whole pandemic happened, he, he started a YouTube channel called Some Good News. 
And he looked at, man, there's just bad news that came out every day. And so he wanted to find stories uh, for good news. So he had his daughters draw um, SGN, some good news. And then he, he started filming himself on, on, on YouTube. And he started highlighting different good news stories about um, health professionals or what people are doing to overcome all the bad news. And it's a huge hit. There's something like 17 million views on his first video. People are hungry for good news. People are hungry for good news. And guess what? We have access to the, the best news ever. Uh, something even better than anything John Krasinski could find in our world. The good news of Jesus, that God has made us right with God, that we have nothing to prove that God is for us. And so who could be against us? That we're right with God, and so we're right. Everything's all right. Everything's all good. And so here's the main takeaway. Spread some good news. Go tell somebody about this. Spread some good news. Tell your children everything's going to be all right because we're right with God. God loves us. He proved it to us in Jesus Christ. Go tell your neighbor everything's going to be all right. God loves you. He's going to be there for you. Everything's going to be all right because you're right with God. Go tell somebody. Spread this good news. Somebody needs to hear good news. All the bad news that's coming at us, we all need to hear good news. So go spread it. Go tell somebody. Text somebody right now. Uh, Go call somebody right now. Write somebody a message. Tell them the good news that everything's going to be all right because we're right with Jesus. We're right with God and Jesus Christ. Go tell somebody. At the end of each one of John Krasinski's episode, the Some Good News episodes, he ends with something like this. He says, now remember, no matter how bad it gets, you can always find some good in the world. And I think he's right. I think he's right. But that's hard to find sometimes. You know, if you look at, at all the, the numbers of, of people dying and, and the medical crisis and maybe your own health, it's hard to find good news. When you look at your bank account and it's dwindling because, because you lost your job or your hours were cut, cut back, it's hard to find some good news. When you look at all the, the jarring that's going on in, in politics, it's hard to find some good news. So where can we go to find good news? Go to the cross. You can always find good news at the cross where God has made you right with him in Jesus Christ. You can always find good news at the empty tomb where God has proven that he has overcome death and one day he's going to resurrect you. No other religion tells you good news. They might, the best that they could do is give you good advice. But more than anything right now, we need good news. And here's the good news. In Jesus Christ, you are enough. So spread some good news. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, I know I can get overwhelmed by all the bad news. It can be suffocating. And I know if I can feel suffocated, so can can everyone here who's, who's participating in this worship service. We can all feel suffocated by this bad news. And, and, and then we, we look internally and, and we look at our life and our record and we don't find any good news inside of us either. And so lead us, Lord Jesus, to fix our eyes on your cross 
where we can find good news, where you defeated death, where you overcame our sin, lead us to to peer inside and see that the tomb is empty and you won the victory over death. And so we don't need to be afraid. We're right with God. Fill us with good news and then fill our world with your good news. In your name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.